0: Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Oh, I love you, Roland. Um, all right, you ready for the word? Yeah. it only take me an hour and a half or so, okay? Whew. Um, so let me just read this uh, scripture, too. I'm going to do this same thing I've been doing the past couple of weeks, and we're in 2 Peter, and really just kind of tearing apart the scripture, and this is going to be in 2 Peter 3, uh, verses 1 through 10, and I'm just going to read through this, and just let it sink in, and then we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. It says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up Your pure minds, by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is this promise of his coming? of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget the one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away, with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up so we have this chunk of scripture here and and over the past couple of weeks I I've taken second peter in chapter 1 and just kind of pulled out what like his this plea that he is giving us to to follow God and saying like, I'm not going to be in this tent much longer and so I want you to hear these things and I don't want you to be led astray. And here in chapter 3, and he he starts saying, Beloved, I write this to stir up in you something that there would be a reminder in you that, that you would remember these things. We need stirred up. Even even those, you know, those that have the pure purest minds and, and those that are walking with God, that we still need to be stirred up. That word where it says, I stir up, it, it means to be awakened to be revived or aroused out of a sleep. And and I think that that we all need that, no matter who we are, we need to be, you know, sometimes you're like, I'm awake, but you're like, are you really awake? Are you daydreaming? Are you dozing off? Like, yeah, I'm awake. But he says, no, 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 listen, we need to be so awake. We need to be alive. We need to be refreshed. We need to be aroused in, in this this understanding of of who God is and remember what He's spoken to us. And remember, He said, Wake up! And I believe that's what God is is speaking to, to the church in the church. Today is, wake up! You've been asleep too long. You need to be stirred up and awakened out of your sleep to rise up and to see him do something in this world that brings a radical change. Now, I, I have all these thoughts on on basically everything, but <laughs> you know, the stuff that, that the world is going through, do we not think that we're gonna go through these things in the last day? you said, what's the last days? I don't know. It's like every day is the last day until it is the last day, right? But do we not think that these, it's not, I just ask, I, I say, God, let me be right with you. Let, let my heart be right. God. Heal this mess. God, bring life to this deadness, whatever is inside of me that's not alive, that you haven't touched yet. God, would you just heal this? Would you allow me to to be used by you? Will you allow me to do something? And I believe there's going to be lots of junk, lots of stuff, lots of mess, but is is his church, is God's church going to Speak into that. Are we going to be awakened enough to bring that life to the world around us? Stir up, wake up, and why? He says that you be mindful of the words that were... He says, Why do we... Why? I'm going to ask that question a couple of times, I think, during this message. Why? Because he says something and he kind of tells us why. Why do we need to be awakened? Because we need to be awakened and, and remember the words that were spoken. These words, these true and pure words, these promises of God. And he says... Those, those Old Testament words and the new ones that are being spoken, he was actually speaking them now in that moment. Saying these words that I'm speaking to you now, be awakened to these even. The ones that, that the apostles have been speaking to you, have and, and, and are speaking. He says, let this stuff come alive in you. Don't forget what God has spoken in this word and the promises that he's made. Why? Because there's going to be scoffers. 2 Peter 3, 3 and 4, it says, Knowing this first, the scoffers will come in the last days, walking... Again, like I'm sure there were scoffers back then, and and I know for sure there are scoffers now. It says they'll come in the last days. And and I just imagine that it's only going to get worse, this intensity of coming against what God wants to do in people's lives. This coming against the will of God for His people, the ones that He's created that is going to try to tear apart and destroy lives. It's going to twist and turn. It says, knowing this, verse 3, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts. You remember, back in chapter 1, we talked about that word lust, it means to their own desires, to, to their own feelings and desires, what they want. People being led, this is what I want. This is who I am. This is, this is what I need. This is me, 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 me. And those that are scoffing, those are the ones that, that have no un- understanding or they don't know God and don't know anything outside of themselves. They won't even, they won't even let it in. But says, those that are walking according to their own lusts or desires, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Saying, that they're walking in their own desires, and in what they're going to say, what they say is, where is this coming of Jesus? What, what is going to happen? I, I, I don't see anything, and the, the whole point of this is that, and you see it. Like, what is God doing? Where is he? Well, if this church would wake up. And we do see God work. We do see him move. And I've seen him move in my life. And I know you've seen him move in your life. And we've seen miracles. We've seen things happen. But the world needs to see these things. The world needs to know. And in this, I I see that there is this question. If if I could take and and turn this around, it says, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. It's saying things are just the same as they've always been. And to me, I I, I believe that each person, no matter where we are, whether we know God, whether you're on that side of the scoffer or the, the person that is speaking negative, negatively about Christians or about God, there is that question, but is that question being answered? It's like all things, have, if, if I could see him move, if I can understand who he is and, and, and see something happen, and that question was answered, then maybe, then maybe there would be a change in that person's life. When I think about that, I think about how many times have I been quiet? Have I not actually shown who God is to somebody that is probably questioning? And saying, it's just all been the same. I don't see anything different. I don't see anything happening. But was I, was I or are we awakened and stirred up that, that we can show them? Say, hey, hey, no, no, no. Let me show you who God is. Let me talk to you about him and let me pray for you. And let's get to the place where, where you can see him for yourself. It says, where is the promise of his coming? Things have just been the same. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come sometime, but it never comes. You guys still believe it. That's, think about that. When's it going to come? When's it going to happen? I don't know. I don't really care. But I want to live like it's going to happen tomorrow, That's you right. know? And I know sometimes I don't, but I want to. Can we live in a place where we're acting like this is our last day? This is the last moment I'll have. And, and it's so funny, is that and Not funny, but interesting that in chapter 1, that's what... He's, he's just laying all this stuff out saying... I'm not going to be here much longer. He's saying, like, look, I don't, even, I don't know when the last day is for me. But I'm going to tell you this. I can't help but share these things of God. He says, you just need to know. But there's going to be scoffers. They're going to be like, where is it at? It's not happening. It's always been the same. But in chapter 5, sorry, chapter 3, verse 5, and this is the error of those that are scoffing, those that are speaking against who God is. In verse 5, for this they willfully forget. They willfully forget. They purpose in their minds to to not think about this part, trying to create some other reason for the world existing, trying to figure out if there's another way besides there being a creator, besides there being a God who created the heavens and earth, working as hard as they can, making stuff up so that they can have some other reason than besides it was God says, for this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. By his word, because he spoke it and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, he put it in its place. The land, the sea, holding it where it's supposed to be. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly men. He's saying this, they willfully forget that God created not only the world and and all the things in it, but God created them. They try to push it out of their mind, figuring out some other way, but they willfully forget. They, They push it away that He is the one that formed them in their mother's womb. And not only that, that he, he, he holds the waters in their place, and he's the one that said, you stay here, you stay here, so that all this could work together perfectly in harmony. In Jeremiah 5.22 it says, Do you not, oh man, this, whew, I, <laughs> I, I just hear God speaking this to the scoffers. Do you not fear me, says the Lord? Will you not tremble at my presence? who have placed the sand as the bounds of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass beyond it. And though its waves toss to and fro, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot pass over it. I I think about that. I'm like, man, I think about that myself. Do, do I not fear? Do Is there not a reverence and, a, and an awe of who God is? Because He has by decree, because of the word spoken out of His mouth, that the oceans stay where they're supposed to stay. That they can get crazy, they can have tidal waves, but they're going to stay in their place because it's what He has spoken and how He created it. They've also forgotten that the world He created, He actually judged and it perished once before. Whenever there was so much wickedness and there was a flood, and the flood came and killed off nearly everybody, right? And Noah and his family. What happened in that moment, in those moments, whenever he was building the ark? He was scoffed at. He was ridiculed. But it says they willfully forget that God did judge. He did judge once before. And He can do it again if He wants to. And it will happen. But the deal is is that He is so long-suffering because He wants people to know who He is and He doesn't want to just rain judgment on them. No matter how much we, we scoff at God or ridicule or speak against, that He still loves you so much that He wants you to have the moments of, of hearing of who He is and those moments where you will come to know Him. In verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some count slackness but is long-suffering toward us. There's so many things in here. (laughs) Don't forget this thing. We can't comprehend God's time. We can't understand because our minds are are bound to time. But God isn't. You know, I've had this conversation with a handful of people. You think about about a child that's like five years old. Even ten years old. What is a year to a ten-year-old? It's a tenth of their life. That's a big portion of their life. So a year feels so long, it's it's arduous and drawn out and takes forever because it's a whole tenth of my life as a ten-year-old. But if I were a hundred, a hundred years old, what is that? Just one one hundred, a small portion. So if I was to live to 100 years old, that year would just be such a small portion because I've lived so many years. Now think about God who has always existed, was not created, but always has been and always will be. And think of what a year is to our God that isn't even bound by time. Because I know, and again, when I've talked, I think I've talked to Pastor Matt, different people about this, we're talking about like, man, the years just fly by nowadays. Every year, it's less of our life. Every year, that year is going to feel faster because it's less of our life. It's just going to start going and going and going. And, and now we take ourselves into the scripture and say, don't forget this thing: that with the Lord, one day is there's no difference between a thousand years and a day with God. So when we ask, when we get these questions like, "God, why isn't this happening yet? Why isn't this?" Things will happen in His time. His promises do not come back void; they won't fail. They're always true. But we have to understand that He has the time, the timing, and when it will happen, and we don't. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises. He doesn't lack anything when it comes to His promises. They are full, they are true, they are perfect but He's long-suffering. He's long-suffering toward us. What's that mean? It means, I mean, I'm not going to say God suffers, but He will allow this thing to be drawn out. He has so much patience to be willing to, to wait for us, to be willing to... to allow as many people to come to know him as possible, that, that he, would, he would hold himself back from just destroying the world. That he would hold himself back saying, no, I, 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 want, I want my children to come to know me and to be in relationship with me. I, I want them to know who I am. It says, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not saying that all will, but he's wanting every person possible to come to know him. He does not want to just wipe us all out. <sighs> Ezekiel 33, 11 says, say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. But that those that are doing wicked would turn from their ways and live. It says, turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? And this is speaking about Israel. He says, oh, house of Israel. But I hear them speaking over his people now, saying, I, "I don't, I don't get any pleasure from somebody dying and not knowing who I am. I don't want that. But I want for those that that are just living for their own desires and their self and." have things maybe twisted up right now that they would turn and and turn toward me and to him and live it says turn turn away turn away from selfish desires from evil and turn toward him What God wants is, He wants for us to come to Him. He wants for more than just you and I, more than just those that that are in church right now to come to know Him, to be a part of His family. He wants, but what needs to happen in order for more to come to know Him is for us His church to come alive. For us, his church to be stirred up. You know, I I think about like, you know, it's like mixing, I don't know, like a, let's just say you're mixing dirt and water, right? You can get it where it's stirred up real good. But if you let it set, eventually it's gonna separate and it's gonna start to settle. And that's what happens in us if we don't keep ourselves stirred up. You say, oh, well, yeah, I know God. Yeah, but are you stirred up? Are those promises and the words, the things that He's spoken over you and what He's doing in your life, are they mixed up in your life? Are they stirred up so that they could, you can see it all? There's not a drip of water in you that doesn't have. God's promises and His Word and who He is? Evident. Or is it settled down? Because it hasn't been stirred up in a while. Can we allow Him, would we allow Him to stir up in us a fresh, a fresh revelation of who He is? To know Him to know what He wants us to do and what He wants to do through us so that we can see the world changed. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.